Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know, but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi, everyone, and welcome. This week, we're talking about emotional intelligence with Sarah Joseph. Sarah is a certified emotional intelligence coach whose mission is to help you get comfortable with your emotions and master them to achieve healthier relationships with others and more importantly, yourself. She understands how our lack of emotional management can impact the longevity of our relationships and inspires our emotional healing by transforming our connection to the mind and body. Sarah, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here and just spread the message of emotional intelligence because it's something that's honestly changed my life. And I'm so excited to share that with the rest of the world. Well, I love the enthusiasm. Yeah. And honestly, I think emotional intelligence feels like it's something in the last few years I thought of more than I ever have before. I don't know if it's just, and we'll get into this. I don't know if it's a bit of a newer field or what that is, but I think it's definitely a relevant topic for, for the time that we're in. And so excited that we get to dive into it. Cause I will also say like, I've heard of emotional intelligence. I've read some Instagram posts here and there. Your Instagram itself is a great resource, which we'll get into, but I kind of want to, and maybe we start at the beginning and just like, what is emotional intelligence? Like, what is the definition of emotional intelligence? Mm-hmm. So I'll start about what I thought it was and go Perfect. into what I thought what it is really. So originally, you know, I thought I was emotionally intelligent, of course, all the time, right? You just assume that you have this emotional capacity, right? And uh, I later realized because like, I was a good communicator, right? I was like, oh, of course, I know how to express how I feel. I know what it feels like, right? Until a couple years ago, when I realized that I was so disconnected from my feelings, how on earth could I communicate that? right? How on earth could I really get that across if I wasn't even in tune with my thoughts and then also my feelings, like what my body was doing. Uh, So essentially, I used to think that emotional intelligence or being emotionally intelligent was something that you did when you were angry. And when you were angry, you had an emotional outburst, right? Um, The people that you love. Or when you were sad, you were ashamed of your tears, right? Or maybe when you were feeling overwhelmed, and you know, society teaches us this, that when we're feeling frustrated and overwhelmed, you go to a bar and you have a drink, and you avoid and disconnect yourself from all of those feelings, right? And 
I didn't realize how disconnected I was until I finally said, hey, this is not working for me, right? What I think as a coping mechanism that is for emotional intelligence is actually not true at all, right? And that is when I started realizing that emotional intelligence is the ability to understand regulate and manage your own emotions, as well as understand the emotions of other people, and how we can bring that into, you know, relieving our stress levels, into communicating more effectively, into problem solving 10 times better than we would have if we didn't know how to manage and regulate our emotions. Okay, I love I'm just writing some notes as you say that, because I feel like the I feel like I'm going to learn a lot today too, but I also, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what I thought emotional intelligence was. I guess I thought that it was like being in tune with my feelings. I don't think I realized that it was also self-regulating those feelings and also how I interpret someone else's feelings and communicate within that, especially like, you know, whether they're, um, love-based relationship, like boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend relationships or parent child relationships. Like, I don't think I brought it to like that level. I think I was always Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, I'm in tune with my emotions. I let myself cry when I need to cry. Right. So I'm really, I'm even like more excited to get into like, okay, how (laughs) do we, how do we like combat stress and problem solving and all those, those things you just kind of mentioned. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So how did you get into this? So you mentioned like you were kind of out of tune. You also mentioned some of the things that get us out of tune. So to go back to a step back, maybe like, are we born emotionally intelligent beings? Like are children more in tune with their emotions? I would say children are 100% more in tune with their emotions. I would say it's more the regulation aspect of it. Learning how to pass through those emotions through the body, learning how to express them is something that is taught, right? And I guess you could say coming up maybe in maybe a disharmonious home or a dysfunctional home where children are exposed to adults who are not emotionally mature, right? So they may be expressing their anger through violence, or maybe they express their sadness by the silent treatment and not communicating, right? So over time, you know, that child may grow up to feel that the way that you handle anger is by having an emotional outburst to scream or to fight, right? Or to throw a tantrum, or maybe the way that you express sadness is to later just, you just avoid it. You just get like, you hate these feelings, these feelings, I don't understand them. And I've seen mom and dad not understand their feelings, right? So that means I should also learn how to not understand my feelings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And over time, right, that that's kind of where that self-awareness comes in. It's what am I really feeling and how do I make it so that I can make this an effective place in my life rather than a place where I digress? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, and then essentially that's where you mentioned earlier, like you have a a glass of wine at the end of the day to calm down our stress. It's like we, those are learned behaviors slash societal behaviors that are sort of put on us essentially. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So it's like, you, you see it in TV all the time, like in our media, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're, you're having a hard day, you're having a rough day and you see that drink just being poured. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that example of a coping mechanism that we were told to use to you know, avoid, suppress, or neglect the way that we're really feeling because processing those feelings might be harder than it is to avoid them, right? It it. requires a little bit more energy to sit down and process and think about your feelings than it would if you just, you know, sat back, relaxed, and took a drink and just avoided it and waited for the next day to come, 
Right. And I want to, I want to get into that processing emotions, but I do have Mm -hmm. one question before we go there is emotion, this idea of emotional intelligence, is that a, cause we mentioned our parents' generation, right? Is it a relatively newer phenomenon? Like, are we a little bit more aware of this now? Is that fair to say? I would say that we're a little more aware of it now than we were before, but If we go back in time for a minute, and this is kind of something I've been discovering a little more, and I feel like emotional intelligence was something that was even taught in our scripture, right? It was taught in, you know, religion. It was taught through, you know, ancient times, the Egyptians and how they process emotions. And this was something that was really in our community, in our culture for a long time. But I feel like it has been upgraded 10 times more with the neuroscience that's available, with the research that's available, with the therapy that's becoming more mainstream, psychotherapists and that inner healing and understanding and evolving your emotions is something that is kind of coming to light in a positive way. And more people are going, oh, I definitely need to work on this part of my life because maybe, you know, my life doesn't just revolve around just having a successful career, but There could be many people with a successful career that, you know, go home to an unhappy marriage, that go home to, you know, just trauma and tantrums and sadness and anger, and they don't know how to express that. And then we go, oh, no, like, my life is no good, or I don't know how to control my life. And I think that's the biggest thing there, that our emotions tend, without regulating them, tend to control the way that we perceive the world right? And tends to control us and kind of have us in the backseat and our emotions are kind of driving and taking the wheel, right? And later realizing that we can actually make a choice to regulate and manage those emotions and understand them for what they are and turn that into our success, right? So we're now back in the driver's seat. We're the ones taking the control back and we're the ones owning our emotions and owning our feelings while at the same time processing them and not hurting the people around us. You're so well spoken. I'm like nodding. <laughs> Obviously, people can't see, but I'm like nodding. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> How? Like, so we know that we feel emotions. We know they they have a big impact on our day to day. How do we start working through the processing of that emotion? Right. And uh, is it easier too to maybe take an example to walk us through that? Or yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So. I know as a personal story, just myself, like I grew up in a very disharmonious home, right, where things were very dysfunctional. And that was really hard for me to even begin to process those emotions. And when things got bad, I learned that the way the best way to communicate that was through the expression of anger, right? It was through the expression of screaming and fighting and just, you know, this untolerable feeling that no one could understand so we just acted out we reacted to it instead of responding to it right so I started noticing how much of a problem that was becoming not only for me but for the people around me for my circumstances for my life you know having a stressful environment at home and then going to work with it how that impacted my life like that all of those things in terms of just anger itself uh, really impacted the way that I viewed the world. And I almost started hating feelings. Like I hated feeling things because I went, oh my God, like this is such an overwhelming feeling. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to process it. And I honestly didn't know that there was a way that you could process those feelings and learn how. And breaking it down into steps almost to 
kind of give your mind and body something to wrap itself around, right? So how I would describe kind of without going into like this crazy detail, but giving you like a synopsis of what it is. Um, essentially when you're in is, let's say, let's say I'm angry and uh, how I would kind of go about viewing that is by looking at the two things that are happening to me. So usually there are two things that are happening when you're in a state of anger, for example. So you have your mind, which is processing all the thoughts and the stories. And you have your body, which is reacting to all the sensations that are happening in your body, all of the feelings that you're physically feeling within your body. And because of those feelings, your mind is trying to create a story in order to understand what those feelings mean. What does all this mean? So now your body and mind are processing two things at the same time, and the brain just doesn't work like that. So the brain starts to get overwhelmed. It starts to get fatigued. It's like, oh my God, I'm thinking this, but I'm feeling this and I'm doing that. And this is happening and I'm screaming now and now I'm punching a wall. Like things happen very dramatically, right? And very drastically. Mm -hmm. um, so the first step is to remember that we need to process both the mind. So the thoughts and the body and those feelings separately from one another. And it starts with processing the body first. Can, can I ask a question? So I guess I never, yeah. so emotion the way the way you're just describing this so emotion is actually more in your body than in your mind and your mind makes the story around it yes exactly huh, so you're <laughs> and the story that's created for you is based on your past experiences so maybe something that would get you angry for example maybe doesn't get me angry and why is that it's because the story that you have told yourself or the story that has been created and like on repetition for you through your life is not the story that I had right and that's why maybe I can you know approach that situation maybe differently than the way you would or vice versa so it's definitely your thoughts that create your feelings so what you make okay. of it is how your feelings will respond to that thinking pattern. Okay. So sorry, you're going yeah. through set. That's really interesting to me. So I'll probably take a second to digest that, but you were going yeah. through the steps. <laughs> and so that's step, yes. that kind of step one is realizing that connection. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So the step one is understanding and processing what's happening in the body. So taking a minute to tune out the story, let's forget the story, let's throw those thoughts away, let's not even build a foundation around what we think this means yet. Let's focus in on what my body is doing. Because if my body is reacting, and I'm not at a state where I am calm and cool and collected, what's going to happen is I'm going to overthink, I'm going to underthink, I'm going to react because parts of my brain are just not active. Right. And when you're, for example, when you're angry, your thinking brain, that prefrontal cortex is completely shut off because you're now in survival mode. So you're ready to fight, flight or flee. Whatever it is that your response is to survival or a threat is going to be depicted by your survival brain. So your survival brain, which is the amygdala, it's in the back of your brain. It's really inflamed at this point. And because it needs all this energy, it can't give you the capacity to think with your prefrontal cortex. It says, no, 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 I need all this energy in case you need to fight, in case you need to flight, in case you need to freeze, whatever it is that you need to do, I need to preserve that energy. So what we wanna do is for me specifically, if I'm angry, I'll take a minute to regulate my body. So I'll go in and I'll say, sorry, I'll go in to notice what I'm feeling. When I'm feeling angry, I feel a heavy chest, Right? I feel maybe tingling all over my body. Maybe I feel really hot. 
right? Because now your blood pressure is rising. Um, I feel sometimes I feel goosebumps, right, on my skin. Uh, sometimes I'll feel a shortness of breath because now you're no longer breathing with your full capacity with your belly, you're breathing from your chest, right? And at that point, that's kind of where you need to tune in and be like, okay, my body is doing something right now. It's getting ready for something. And what is it? Right. And from there is when you can go into understand your emotions. So there are a few primary emotions. And this is where I like to kind of use something called an emotions wheel. And I'm sure you've heard that line from Shrek ogres are like onions, right? Emotions are like onions. And it's crazy because we'll have these primary emotions where we're feeling angry, sad, fearful. But then you'll, when you look at that sheet, you'll notice that there are all these other emotions that are coming up for you as well, right? So you could be feeling 22, 32, maybe even 10 feelings at the same time. So your body is really overwhelmed and it gives you a moment to go, whoa, like I need, like I'm processing a lot, right? From that point, you would then go in to regulate those emotions. So give yourself, I usually set a timer and I'll time myself and give myself 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes to feel what I feel, cry it out, scream into a pillow, punch a pillow, whatever it is that I need to do in that moment to release all of the pent up trauma and tension that's happening in my body so that I don't explode it onto someone else, right? So that I don't, you know, um, have a crazy meltdown because I just don't know what I'm feeling, right? So this is how you begin that process of becoming aware of what you're feeling and associating emotions with that so that you can understand I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling sad. Um, I then go into regulate through a relaxation technique. So we want to really shut down that survival brain and we want to activate that thinking brain. We need that thinking brain to come back so that we can analyze the story from a clearer, calmer lens. So what I'll do, breathing is probably the best way of, you know, going about um, regulating your emotions. But then you can also do other techniques such as uh, EFT tapping, tapping techniques, so tapping on certain meridian points in your body to release stress. Uh, you can also do meditation, something that calms you down and relaxes the body. Um, another technique if for me is just breath work. So really breathing and sending oxygen to my brain to deactivate that survival brain and turn on that thinking brain, because that is what I need right now. I'm cut out from thinking at all. Like I have no clear judgment whatsoever. And I really want that if I want to really begin to process and understand my emotions. Once that's done, you can go into processing the, the, the thoughts and the story. So now that your mind and body, sorry, now that your body is calm, right, that those sensations have calmed down, you're not producing as much adrenaline or cortisol anymore, you're not in this state of rush anymore, your mind is now able to think about rationally about the thoughts that it was having. So I, this is where I like to do something called a thought download. And this is where you just pull out a sheet of paper, and you just word dump all of the thoughts that are happening to you what it meant to you, the story, what feelings that were associated with that thought. Um, what did I make it mean about myself, right? Uh, even thoughts about just the situation at hand. What was the story when you were upset and what's the story now that you're relaxed? What are the key differences there? And what I'll do is I'll go in to really analyze those thoughts from a third party objective perspective. So I really zoom out 
and I take a minute to explore and be curious at what I wrote down and just go in, kind of explore and understand each of those emotions with this lens of compassion, this lens of love and acceptance of these emotions. Of course, you were feeling that way. Look at what you made it mean, right? Of course, you felt angry or upset. You were feeling disrespected, right? Of course, you had to get angry in that moment because you were dismissed. And going in to really understand why it is you felt that way so that we're no longer shaming those feelings, but accepting that they're here to teach us something. And I think that's the biggest thing here. Our emotions are our greatest teachers. And they're here to teach us about the world around us by sending signals to us and communicating through us, through our body and through our There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's, like, such a good... I'm just thinking when there's ever, like, conflict that comes up yeah. in, in communication and relationships... Like what I've tried to do in the last like few years, I guess, is like take a couple days to process it, which I, I don't think I real all these like wonderful steps that you're speaking about, like now it makes sense that I, why I can have a clearer thought after that. And maybe for some people it takes 10 minutes and maybe for some people it takes a week and maybe yeah. it depends on the situation, but that kind of like taking that second, taking that pause to not react, calming yourself down and then thinking logically through that um, yeah. is such, I would imagine such a valuable skill when it comes to conflict, right? It's such a valuable skill. I mean, yeah. when I didn't know about this and then going to knowing about it, I went, 
what was I doing? Oh my yeah. gosh. Like this, yeah. is, this is so gold. I feel a little right now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, like why, why isn't everyone like reading Sarah's book? Like Sarah needs a book. So <laughs> Definitely going to make a book for sure. Okay. <laughs> on how to that. process your emotions. Yeah. And it's crazy how much faster I have been able to process my emotions than where I was before. Like yeah. I would say a year ago, it took me three, four, five days to really come down from that. But now that I'm kind of tuning back in and I'm investing more time in myself and investing in time in my feelings and my thoughts and giving myself that unconditional, undivided attention, mm-hmm. I am now finally giving myself that validation that I needed this whole time and not expecting it from anyone else. Now it's completely in my control. I go at my own pace. And now that's taking a day, maybe less than a day, 30 minutes to an hour to process what I'm feeling. And the next part of that is how do you communicate that, you know, to your partner, to your friend, to your spouse, to your, you know, to a stranger even, right? And how do you, how do you communicate that? Right. So communication all comes down to those aspects of empathy, those aspects of listening, those aspects of understanding and only communicating what you feel and what you thought rather than communicating what you think the other person made it mean, right? Or what you think that they made your anger mean, right? And going in and advocating for yourself from a place of love and compassion, right? And having that empathy for, you know, and taking accountability even for the things that you've gone through or, you know, the things that you may have said that you didn't mean or to go in and make a meaningful, healthy, well, apology on behalf of the fact that you took the time to process and really validate what was happening to you. And I think the best form of communication is you taking that moment, that space and that time. It's probably the biggest act of self-love to go in and just be there for you and to come back in and really communicate how you felt and what really happened to you in that moment. Rather than making the rather than going with the story that you were originally telling yourself when your thinking brain just wasn't activated, right? And so the stories that we tell ourselves, you mentioned earlier, are very dictated by like this inner child. So Mm. how how do we like, I guess, heal that inner child? Is that what we're is that the ultimate goal? Or it's part of the part process of your goal. Yes, part exactly. Of goal. Okay. Part, part of, the of the goal, okay. part of the process. And I would say never knowing about my inner child before and now knowing about her and now being there for her, I would never go back. Like I would never abandon that little girl again. But that came with time, right? That came with accepting that there, there was a part of my psyche that just was incomplete. And this is how I can explain inner child healing in like its simplest form. So say you've grown up in a disharmonious home or a dysfunctional home. This child or a child might feel like they need to grow up a little faster than they would have. They needed to mature. They needed to adult. So they were unable to complete their childhood, right? Now, as an adult, they've grown up. But on a subconscious level, they are now seeking out the completion of their childhood through the relationships that they have. So for example, with your spouse, with your friends, with your siblings, whatever relationships that exist in your life, you are constantly looking to complete that cycle because your childhood was incomplete. So we do this by hoping that someone might, you know, give us 
the validation that we need. We're hoping that someone will love and accept us, right? We're hoping that um, all of those things that we needed as a child are going to happen in this relationship now. And if I don't get them, then my needs are not being met, right? So how we begin to transform that is to go in, you know, meet that inner child, acknowledge that they're there and understand how you may have been abandoning his or her needs and how you can start to meet them. So maybe it's things like not speaking up for yourself when you know you've been disrespected, right? A lot of, you know, children have grown up being told you need to respect your elders and you don't talk back to your parents or you don't get upset at your parents. You don't have needs. You don't have wants, right? And regressing back and sorry, transforming it back into your adulthood, you know, you're kind of going, well, why are all my needs unmet? Right. And it's because I was taught that it just wasn't important. So how do we go in now to make yourself feel important is by giving you the things that you needed as a child and continuing to complete that cycle all on your own. Finishing the completion of your childhood is probably one of the most fulfilling things that you could do. Um, and it is one of the most heartwarming places to be when you can kind of give yourself that validation, when you can go in and no longer people please, when you can stand up for what it is you believe, where you can be comfortable making mistakes, right? Where you can be comfortable with failure or where you can be comfortable being outspoken, right? And those are the ways that at least for me, I needed my inner child to be healed was to feel free in my expression, in my message, or to feel free in advocating for myself, or to feel free in feeling all the crazy feelings that I was feeling all the time, because I was someone that was really empathic. And I felt my feelings so harshly and so deeply, that it was almost, uh, I almost robbed myself in the beginning when I told myself that I hated feelings and that my feelings were no good and that I couldn't understand them and that I, it just causes destruction everywhere I go. And now kind of healing that inner child and realizing that she is allowed to have these feelings. These feelings are important to her. This is how she learns about herself. And this is how she learns about the rest of the world. And why on earth would I ever want to abandon those needs again? Right. Mm -hmm. So inner child healing is amazing, amazing stuff. Is that what you, do you do a lot of that as well in your practice? Like yes. not personally, but help a lot of people kind of go through that process. Got it. Yes. Yeah. And so is, I run a bit of a meditation for it. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is journaling a big part of that? Journaling is such a huge part of that. And okay. I know we're kind of heading into this, you know, realm where journaling is probably a little more seen and noticed than it was before. Um, at least on my social media and at least in my realm with friends, right? I'm definitely advocating for journaling. But what I love about journaling is that you can really get to know yourself through the way that you communicate back to yourself. And the way that our mind and our body communicates to us about how we feel and think is not only through our thoughts, but the way that we write them down, right? And the way that we see them and kind of looking back at what we wrote is kind of that reflection as to what we were thinking, how we were feeling on the outside perspective, because we're feeling all of this internally, we're thinking all of this internally, but to then write it down and to have a look at it as like a third party objective person looking in at who you are, it is, it can be the most amazing thing. And it can sometimes be the most frightening thing, right? Because I know 
a lot of people when they start journaling and they get into those really deeper inner child journaling prompts or uh, those prompts about their, you know, growing up as a child and what their parent life was like and what their home life was like, uh, they get into this place of, oh my God, I'm so ashamed of it, right? I'm so ashamed of what I've been through. I never even want to see that again. I never want to dump those thoughts out again, right? And then we go into this place of denial. And we go into this place of shame where we shame and reject what we've been through. And it closes off that opportunity to learn. It closes off that opportunity to grow and evolve through the pain, right? And something that, you know, a lot of my clients come back with is, is I love that I was able to go through that and I'm no longer trying to avoid feeling what that, what that really meant for me because I needed somebody to hold my hand through it. Right. I needed somebody to be there with me as I process those feelings and emotions because I could not do it alone. Right. And now they're at this place where they're like journaling is amazing and I love it. Something I really love to do is gratitude journaling. That's kind of how I got into journaling and gratitude journaling is probably the best type of journaling that you could start with if you're a beginner. And it really opens up your lens kind of to what is around you, what's abundant in your life what's what you can be grateful for and it shows you the good that you have in your life each and every day and from just a scientific perspective they say that people that grateful journal have an increase of happiness hormones so they produce more dopamine they produce um, a lot of other chemicals that make them feel happier and happier people tend to think more positively about stressful situations by at least 10 percent and that is insane just for maybe journaling three prompts a day about something that you're grateful for, just because you can learn to think critically and think positively in negative situations. Well, the perfect, um, the perfect item to gift give them this year too, I guess. Yes, gratitude. This time of year, everyone's getting gratitude <laughs> journals for everyone. Yes. <laughs> that is honestly, I feel like we just packed so much information into 30 minutes that yeah. I would love to like, is there, is there anything else, I guess, in your, in your work that you think is valuable to those listening to, to understand and to know? Yeah, I think the most valuable thing that you can kind of take out of just increasing your emotional intelligence is understanding that your emotions help you to perceive the world around you. It's there to guide you through the world that this big world that we're in, and it's there to protect you. They're there to send you messages. They're there to guide you through this crazy world. And they're our greatest teachers. And if we can learn the messages that each of our emotions has for us, then I feel like we'll be able to work through any difficulty, any problem or any stress that we have in our life, whether that's in a relationship, whether that's financially whether that's spiritually, you know, whether that's in our family life or with our siblings and in different relationships, even coworkers and strangers, right? If we can learn how to process and validate our own emotions, as well as empathize with the emotions of other people, I feel we will be 10 times happier than avoiding and running away and assuming that our emotions are a negative thing when really they're probably the greatest thing that has ever happened to humankind. 
Very cool. Sarah, this is so wonderful. If people want to hear more about what you have to say or know more about your work, where can they find you? So they can find me on Instagram at Sarah Joseph underscore coach. And I have a lot of content there. They can even, you know, sign up to work with me. We can book in a 30 minute free consultation. If that is, you know, if you want to learn more about how to process your emotions and go through the steps, I provide a five-step process on how to work through um, increasing your emotional intelligence. And there's a lot of other steps in there, which are a great part to learning how to manage, understand, and regulate your emotions. So I'm definitely there. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope this inspires so many other people to get on their journey of healing and get on their journey of understanding that their emotions are their best friends. I think it definitely will. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one on a brand new topic every Monday. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino. The music credit goes to Raspberry Music, and it was brought to you by Style Canada. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.